Welcome everybody out. This is episode 68 of Your Time and Weeds. My name is Chris Hollifield. And I'm Tim Pickett, a medical cannabis expert. And today we're interviewing another medical cannabis expert, uh, QMP, Adam Toller who's a QMP for Utah Therapeutic Health Center, but has a great story, Chris. Oh man, this one, especially, I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but the fact that he main, he main, he works in Provo. I mean, so he's dealing yeah. with Utah County patients. Right. And to me, that just fascinates me. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I think that's the epitome of the program, right? Like it's, you, you get a super conservative state, you go right to the heartland of conservatism of, of that kind of people. And we, we all think, well, that's Utah County, right? So you go right down to Provo and, and go in there. The, the great thing about Adam is he's a conservative guy. And, you know, when I met him and you hear this through our interview, but you'll hear his, his background and his experience, his relationship to cannabis and how that's kind of changed over time. It's just really great for people to hear, especially if you're a QMP or, you know, another, you know, provider out there, you know, have them listen to this. This is real. This is like how people learn that cannabis is really medicine. Absolutely. How is Cedar City going for you? I know you got that location opened up down there. Oh, yeah. You. Cedar City is going. You know, school's going to start. We've got a billboard that says feel better, utahmarijuana.org, right as you're traveling down from, you know, down right in through uh, Cedar City. It's a fun town. I went down there to help them set up and do some events. The people down there are super receptive to it. Uh, met some of the city council members. We're trying to be good neighbors to everybody. You know, I've ne we've never been in a college town, so uh, that that I think is going to be interesting. You know, when school gets back in session. But Cedar City is great. Have you been busy? A lot of people getting cards down there. Uh, you know, we've been. Our first day was pretty busy. Second day wasn't quite so busy. We're open two days a week down there. Okay. And you know, they're kind of. I think it's a little hard for us to find like QMPs down there who live down there because everybody knows each other. And so I don't know whether or not it's just, you know, medical providers don't want to be the one who are writing cards for people and doing those evaluations. So right now we're bringing one of our QMPs down for a couple of days a week. Um, but if you know anybody out uh, in the community, you know, St. George, Cedar City, and they're looking for experience in the cannabis space, reach out to us, uh, especially QMPs, medical providers. Uh, we'll teach you how to do this and what medical cannabis looks like legitimately. And then we got to wish a happy birthday to Wholesome. They just turned one year old. Oh yeah. They just turned one. And by the time this launches, they'll have their uh, anniversary, th uh, you know, event. Party. Yeah, party, that was a fun, food it was trucks. a fun event. It was a fun one. Yep. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of people right across from Costco there in Bountiful. Yeah. Yeah. So any, anything else before we get into this uh, conversation with Adam? Anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. This is going to be a, a this is a good interview. UtahMarijuana.org slash podcast. Go listen to all the podcast episodes right there and uh, share them. Share them on Facebook and and twitter all those social media so anyway let's get into that conversation with uh, adam toller this one's a good one you guys enjoy
Do you have anything you want to mention before we start yapping here, Tim, or anything? Or I mean, I don't. Adam and I talk, uh, you know, not all the time. Not as much as we used to, that's for sure. No, now that uh, I'm kind of isolated down here. In you are kind of isolated. Happy Valley. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't talk quite as much. Well, that could be even an interesting place to start. So is that your work out of the... Um, the Happy Valley Clinic, then. The, the, yeah, yeah. That's what down. that's what we should call it. The Provo. Happy Valley. Clinic. Yeah, that'd be a better one than uh, the Provo Clinic. That just sounds so generic. So, how long have you been working with Tim, and how did that relationship start? So, I've been working over a year with Tim, and uh, the relationship. Well, <laughs> it was. Uh, it, it was interesting, right, Tim? I, I mean, you almost yeah. didn't hire me, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember, and and this is going to be a fun conversation because Adam and I know, you know, we know each other for more than a year here. I mean, the first time you came into the Mill Creek office, um, you're you're wearing a shirt and tie. I right. mean, it's the first thing that that oh, I and suit. I was yeah, you're wearing a suit. Wearing a suit. Yeah, so yeah, man. I, I mean, was here you come. Yeah, so here you come with this shirt, shirt and tie, this suit on, and my initial thought was, "Oh wow, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're going to fit in here. Like this is this is not that type of medicine, man. Like I don't know." But uh, yeah, like so, what's the thought process there? Tell us a little bit about your background in medicine. Oh yeah, for sure. So I graduated. Um, from Toledo, Ohio, back in 2014, should go back. Um, uh, in, in fact, let's just go all the way to uh, the beginning of my college years. So, graduated Weber State um, up in Ogden in athletic training. And then I went over to Ohio, uh, Toledo, Ohio, got my degree in uh, physician assistant studies. And then uh, after that, Came back here to Utah, tried forever to get a job. Nobody likes new grads here in Utah when it comes to uh, getting a job as a physician assistant. Uh, everyone, two years or more experience at least. Mm -hmm. So went down to Arizona and I worked down there basically for five years uh, doing gastroenterology down there so anything gut to butt as i always said to my patients gut to butt <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i always said that it was my crappy job uh and then i i moved up here for another job in gi um started working at that office things just did not work out i wasn't driving well with uh other people there um, the, the hours that they promised me were way off and they had me work a lot more and I'm like, man, this is crazy. And so I quit and I quit right before COVID hit, <laughs> not knowing, you know, unbeknownst to me that this whole pandemic would, uh, uh, come to be. But, uh, after, after, uh, after the pandemic hit, it was really tough, really tough to find a job. And, uh, it, I searched and searched and searched and finally something came up, right? Um, I, I saw this uh, canvas clinic come up. I applied to the position and uh, it was it was actually another cannabis clinic that I applied to and something seemed really fishy, really off with it. So I'm like, no way, I'm not going with this guy. And so I was looking on LinkedIn one day and Tim's face popped up 
saying that he was the owner of Utah Therapeutic uh, Health Center. And uh, I thought that was very impressive that here we have a PA who's running their own clinic because it's super hard I, to run your own clinic as a PA. Um, you you got to have a supervising physician by law. So I was super impressed by Tim. And I just messaged him, said, hey, do you have any any uh, clinic openings? And then I, he said, yeah. And I, I ended up calling the office, uh, eventually getting an uh, interview with Tim. And yeah, showed up, shirt, tie, uh, suit, you know, just like any other office, I thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I probably would have uh, showed up that way too, though. You know, yeah. I, I mean, it does make sense. Right. And I remember at the time we were, you know, we met in the whole clinic wasn't even set up, right? Not exactly. No. Um, things were still uh, very much in, in the beta stages. Uh, <laughs> there were, <laughs> the beta there were, stage. There were, there was, I mean, my wife's a programmer, so all I hear is <laughs> that kind of yep. terminology. But yeah, when, when I got there, I was like, okay, this is cool. I, I love the startup culture. Like, you know, we're going to work out some kinks. We're going to get together and, and uh, figure things out. And that's one thing that drew me to the clinic was, you know, this is startup culture. That's awesome. And hell, you've done an awesome job and you've uh, really picked up uh, a business there and it's, it's just thriving, Tim. It's been awesome. Do you remember the first time you saw a patient and you were like, hey, here you go. I'm going to, I'm going to write you a recommendation for a schedule one substance. Yeah. Um, actually <laughs> you put it so, so eloquently, you know, I, I was, right. Right. Because I, was, I know uh, how I felt. Were you pretty scared? Scared to death. Really? I mean, just terrified, just terrified. But I also have the additional that I own the place, right? So that's true. There's a little different. I feel like that's probably a little different. The liability, like, questions, a little different for me than than maybe you. I I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. I, I from what I remember reading on the uh, state education, it said that you know if if you're state has made it legal and you've gone through the proper training and uh you're you're uh approved for it you can't can't get sued over it really if uh if you're prescribing it or recommending it rather recommending it right yeah if you're recommending it then you're fine let's what made you even want to work with cannabis like what made you even think like okay this would be a fun job i mean What's your history with cannabis? Can we go there? Can we go back? Yeah, a absolutely. Bit? So when I started out, I had zero history with cannabis. Really? It, yeah, um, absolutely none. I came from you know good little Mormon family, and uh, as such, never dabbled in it. I was pretty straight arrow, and uh, you know whatever church says, I do. And uh, cannabis was not on the radar until after I actually started working. And then all of a sudden got approved by the, by the church saying it's okay for health purposes. But yeah, I had zero. But what made you want to get a job in the industry? So first off, I thought that cannabis was an interesting medicine. I heard about some things that it could do like, oh, it helps out with cancer or helps out with nausea. I ran into a lot of people that took it for their nausea when I was in Arizona and they would always tell me, you know, how well it did for them and how wonderful it was. 
that kind of piqued my interest. But honestly, you know, I went in there saying, okay, uh, this is probably going to be a temporary thing. I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen. You know, there's this whole patient cap thing. I don't know if Tim's going to keep me around. I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I, I kind of kept it uh, just being open-minded and that uh, I, I would, you know, just kind of experiment with it, see how I liked it. Ended up loving it. I mean, it's one of the greatest jobs I've ever had. Why? Do you think it's the patients? Like, I know when we were, when we see patients there, there's just a difference in like compare seeing patients in the GI clinic to comparing oh, seeing patients in, in a cannabis specialty. I think I was faced with a lot of anger and I, I can honestly, out of the five years that I've worked, I can only count on one hand the people that have thanked me when I worked in GI. I, <sighs> I'm not kidding. It was like hardly anybody. It was more about the people that I was working with that made it satisfying to me. You know, I like the people, some of my coworkers and everything. But honestly, GI, in my opinion, wasn't the greatest job. It was very thankless. And you worked, you worked hard. And, you know, it wasn't a lot of straightforward, quick diagnosis because it's in the gut, right? And so you can't readily see anything. So you got to do a lot of probing and a lot of tests in order to figure anything out. And so a lot of brain power going into it. And, you know, when you finally figure something out, you give them pills, they're out the door. And if they're doing good, they don't come back. But if they're having trouble, they're coming back and they're complaining to you or they are. Or I've had patients yell at me and everything. So the problem with traditional medicine is kind of you're so limited on like there's there's just a lot of conditions that there's not really a great solution for. True. Very so you're true. just and in GI, don't you feel like you were especially GI. Pers- especially GI. Especially you're trying Bantel. You're trying like a medication and then you try another medication. You can try so much crap and almost none of it works. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> when it then, comes right? to so, GI. Right. Yes, right. So what's right. that like? So what's it different? I mean, describe it different now in cannabis. You know, like so, seeing patients and evaluating and and doing that. For me, what I see is I see a lot of people. I, I get at least a few thank yous a day, every day that I go in. You know, you guys are awesome. I absolutely love you. I mean, it's it's crazy how thankful and and grateful people are just to be able to get their hands on the stuff. In addition to that, I mean cannabis just helps out with so many different ailments that you can see turn around in a a bunch of different scenarios. And I do a lot of the follow-ups and I love doing the follow-ups. That's my, that's probably my favorite is hearing people's stories of how they're getting better and how it's helped them so much with, you know, their, arthritis or their headaches or, you know, even stop drinking alcohol. I've, I've heard people just completely stop after just being complete alcoholics and saying that uh, cannabis has actually restored their marriage and made life better for them. And it, uh, it, it's just an awesome medication to, to be able to hand out. And I think that it, it's super helpful and I absolutely love the cannabis space. It's just so much more relaxed. Everyone's happy. Everyone's thankful. 
it's just such a, a reverse from what I came from in GI. Now, are you a cannabis patient now yourself then? Have you yeah. used cannabis yeah. then? In Because the, you mentioned a little bit earlier in the conversation that you didn't use cannabis. Correct. At all. So, uh, so when I came around to it, so I've had, uh, I, I've had something called Morton's neuroma in my foot for years. I used to go rock climbing all the time and hiking and years of being in some tighter shoes and, and shearing my foot, putting on those lateral forces. It, it created Morton's neuroma, which is basically an inflammation in between your toes that, that uh, causes nerve pain that radiates up through your toes. Sometimes it feels like you can be walking on a pebble and it's just very uncomfortable. I've had this for years. And I, you know, after working in the cannabis space for, gosh, how long was it? Probably about seven months. Yeah, it was a while. Seven months, probably, before I decided to pull the trigger on it. You know, I've been taking like ibuprofen, Tylenol, and just never really did anything for it. Sometimes I've really hurt during the night and, and uh, would wake me up during my sleep. So I, uh, I decided to finally just pull the trigger. I was like, you know what? It's there for me. I know that I know that it works. I've heard so many people talk about it. And I I contacted uh Sarah, one of the nurse practitioners at our office and said, "Hey, you know, can you can you help me out?" So, she helped me out. And I got to say it it is what uh, a lot of people are preaching about, you know. It's a it's a wonderful medication and it's really helped me out as far as my pain. But you, it took you seven months. You obviously were scared of trying. Is that what, yeah. what, what it was? I mean, here you're recommending it to people, though, but right. you're scared of taking it? Yeah, I was the I was old adage is, uh The old adage is, well, I don't take Percocet, and I, and I write prescriptions exactly. for that. Exactly. Well, right. no, and I, okay, I, don't I apologize. Take right. I, don't, I don't mean that, you know. No, I, I, just, I know. Yeah, no, no. I, it, I just, it's, it's, I find that so interesting. Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, you know, when patients would ask me, well, have you taken it before? I'd tell them no. But, you know, I've written plenty of prescriptions for GI medications. I know exactly what they do and I don't take them. Yeah. And so that was that was my my kind of insight to it was, you know, I know enough about it. And so I don't need to take it just to have that experience. That was kind of my approach to it. But I'm so glad that I did actually got on cannabis, uh, not only because it helped my pain, but because I can understand a lot more where the patients are coming from, especially when you're trying to avoid those negative highs where you start to have the world cave in on you and you get a bad panic attack. Yeah. So you feel like, because I've, I've kind of always, I've always preached this and it's hard to say out loud in the medical community a lot, but there's something about uh, somebody who understands the use and what's happening in the brain from an experience standpoint yeah. to yeah. explaining it. Now, now you're like, oh, yes, I can totally explain this in a way that, that I understand a little bit better. You feel yeah. like that's the case? Absolutely. I feel like not only can you explain it better, but you can empathize with people a lot more and understand mm. where they're coming from. And I think that's one of the most basic human connections that you can have with somebody is just that empathy. And so I feel like I can connect better with patients now, now that I've actually uh, gotten on cannabis. 
did you mention how did you like did you vape it or edible or what was the first t- let's talk about that first first time. time first time was a vape i remember doing the vape and going oh my gosh what did i just do <laughs> that was my first uh initial reaction i uh i remember going downstairs sitting on the couch and suddenly it just hit me like a ton of bricks <laughs> just came in super strong super fast and i remember turning towards my wife and my eyes were wide and my mouth was a bit open and i'm like is it supposed to feel tingly and then all, all of a sudden i just started and my body got heavy and i started melting into the couch and i was just laughing just started laughing uncontrollably i i don't know how much i took i don't think that i even took that much but man, it it uh, it definitely knocked me down pretty good when I very first took it. That's awesome. Yeah, I did. I luckily I I avoided like any panic attack or anything like that. I didn't get get to that point. But oh man, I just laughed and giggled the whole the whole hour that I <laughs> I felt it. Yeah. Um, and then it started slowing down, you know, and, and got out of it. But when I came out of it, I was like. What just happened? Uh, oh my gosh. It felt like a dream. And I'd never had that sensation before, you know, uh, being conscious and, and having everything feel like a dream or the time warp, feeling like I'm just going to be in this present moment forever. I remember going to the bathroom and sitting there on the toilet thinking, Am I ever going to get out of here? Am I ever going to get off the pod? <laughs> just going, Oh my gosh. It just, it was crazy, but you know, again, good experience to be able to empathize with patients, you know, um, and I can see why they want to avoid that. It's important to share the stories so listeners, you know, that that haven't tried it yet, or they're, they're like, oh, what's that first experience going to be like? Is it going to, you know? But you're a perfect example, Adam. On, I mean, even even when you don't know what to expect, you're still smiling, and you know, you're just chilling and relaxed and happy. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not like it's painful or. No, it wasn't painful at all. Not at all. No. And you've got, but you've also got somebody around you who, who cares about you, who kind of, you're, you're being honest and open about it with. Right. And I, I feel like that is probably some, if not most of the, the paranoia and the anxiety you know, coming from, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. Where, yeah. where at least you didn't have that. And that, that kind of allows you to flow through the, the experience a little better. Yeah. I definitely appreciated my wife being there for me. Uh, you know, I, I kept, I remember apologizing a million times, you know, <laughs> to her, but she just kept saying, it's okay. It's okay. Reassuring me. But yeah, that that uh, that kind of support and coming from someone who loves me and who uh, supports me and everything, you know, that that was a really big help. And, you know, I would say that if you're trying it for the first time, have someone there, someone that you trust and and who can who can talk you through and help you if and just in case, you know, hopefully it never comes to that. But. Yeah, have you uh, have you become kind of an expert on what works for you and what doesn't? Oh yeah, I I I, I know exactly what will work for me now, and I, I I'm such a lightweight. I, 
gotta admit, I'm such a lightweight, guys. Hey, that's nothing wrong with that, man. Just uh, like the tiniest little puff off of a vaporizer, I'm done. That's it. Hmm. Like oh, there's a, like probably that's it, and and I'm done for uh, until it wears away, which is about a couple hours. I'm done for a couple hours. So I always tell people that if if they're lightweights, so that's good. You're economical. You don't need much. Yep. And you can last a really long time. I bought a gram vape cart of uh, forbidden fruit back in April, and I still get out of here. About half of it's left, man. Whatever. Yeah. Way to rub it in, man. (laughs) Way to rub it in. That's funny, Chris. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, just the tiniest little bit, man. And then I'm gone. But this is the, I mean, this is important for people to to know, right? You're not on the, I mean, you're not in the average category of, you know, making a purchase a month or two purchases a month, but you can try, you can try cannabis for a condition. And heck, even if you had, even if you were getting a prescription, uh, ibuprofen every month, you're actually saving money now because it's lasted you a one gram vape carts lasted you shoot six, six months. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's so um, crazy. <laughs> you gotta know, buy you light. you end up having to buy more stuff just to just to try different feelings, right? Like cause maybe one would make you more awake and one would make you more sleepy. So you almost yeah. have to have a couple I've tried. I've tried some different things, like uh some sativas, some indicas, and I I've tried some gummies lately. I like the gummies for sure. They're they're nice. They definitely don't seem to give you that ability to relax or the the high feeling super quickly you know you, you gotta wait a little while for that but once it does once it does come in it's nice to be able to have that pain relief and and relaxation for quite a few hours that's great right. and so usually i just take them at night before bed have you have you tried any of the creams or lotions or anything yeah i have tried the creams or the balms, the, I guess. I guess it's not yeah. versions, but yeah, the topicals. With that, it helped a little bit, not nearly as much as when I get it systemically. I I always say that it's great for you know like arthritis things like that where you can directly apply it. But for some reason in my foot, it's just not. It doesn't reach deep enough to get that nerve, as far as I can tell. How's your family about this? Like your wife, I mean, you, you grew up here, you went to Weber state, you're from here. Like you said, grew up a Mormon boy, you know, how does that, how does this whole job and this industry and then starting to use it a little bit, like, how's all that mesh together? How's your family? I guess. Yeah. Um, so my wife's fully supportive of it and she, she basically has been since the the beginning when I started reading up on it and sharing the information that I found, she became a full supporter of it. As far as my immediate family with my with my parents, <laughs> they they are very much so strictly Mormon. And with time and education and things that I've been telling them, they've come to be full supporters of it. Actually, they're, they've, they've written senators about yes, they caps. wrote Senator Vickers. Yes, yes, yes. An amazing email she wrote to Senator Vickers. Yes, that was uh, that was awesome. 
Yes, if she listens to this, like a shout out to your mom because that was that was epic, right? Like that's what it's going to take is is like real people emailing the sen- the state senators, their state congressmen, you know, and saying, "Hey, look, we 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 need a couple of things tweaked," right? Like absolutely. Like for you, I mean, you've become really good at this. You could see a lot of patients and you could take care of a lot of people. And there's there are people who come and say, "Yeah, I want to see Adam." They should be able to see who they want to see. Yeah, exactly. You know, their friends or family have a good experience. They had a great connection with me. They trust me. They have a good relationship. They want they want to be able to have that too. And that totally makes sense. Sure. They want they want my knowledge, they want my expertise, they want my help. Absolutely a patient should be able to. I mean, I don't know any other businesses that have a product cap or any other kind of cap where you can only make so many a year, according to law. Chris, you can only do 275 <laughs> podcasts ever. Lifetime. I mean, <laughs> Lifetime. Weird, man. I, I, I don't get where they even got that model it. from. I mean, are there any other states that do that? Any other medical states? Maybe we've talked about that, Tim, but... but uh, it comes know. from the Suboxone model, right? Like you can... There's another drug in the system... Um, that that has patient caps to it, and I do okay. think it's two hundred. I, I think it's a hundred something like that, or or I don't know the number, but it's a, apparently there is somewhat of a precedent for it with another drug. And what is the reason for that other drug? I mean, what do they feel? And that-, that drug is super super scary, way scarier than uh, than cannabis. But but that. it's still a cap though. I mean, even if I, it, it, but I I don't understand still what is a cap going to prevent just so so the doctor's not out prescribing that drug to everybody. I guess. I mean, like right, yeah. I guess that you know Adam could, you know, put out a shingle and be like, okay, great, six hundred bucks for a card. I'm going to write them all day long. You know, everybody who pays. Did you hear there was somebody? Um, there there was somebody who was meeting people in the parking lot. Taking yes. four, taking like five hundred bucks cash, yes, and then disappearing, yes. Like I, write uh, their recommendation and then they disappear. I met a patient for, that had that for cannabis. Yeah, in yeah. Utah, there's a QMP who's like meeting people in parking lots at like Office Max or something. Wait, wh- and what? charging them five hundred bucks, and then they do the certification, but now they can't. Now they can't get a hold of the person. Why would they? I don't know. I think this is pretty rare. I think this was in the very, very beginning. Okay. I was going to say, come to you for um, a lot cheaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can Shoot. find us. And we give you good advice. Like, don't buy, don't buy from a QMP in a parking lot. I was going to say, do you find people, like, once they come in, they're ready to do it? Or do you find yourself, do you have to, like, talk people into it at all still? Like, they come in and they're like, they have that appointment with you and they're like, oh, I still don't know if I should be doing this. And Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, what's, you get you know, and then you kind of have to, okay, you have to kind of talk them through it a little bit. And, and do you find that a difference of that in Utah County than Salt Lake or not really? It's probably about the same, huh? Uh, probably about the same. I'd say the good oh. majority of people who come in already are experienced okay good okay. majority i i mean i'd probably say around 90 percent have experimented with it at least once in their life do you think that working closely with the pharmacy like do you interact with the pharmacy staff just because you're in the same building more 
Oh yeah. I, I see him more. Um, sometimes I'll ask, uh, Josh questions there. Yeah. Josh Fitzgerald, the head pharmacist at Deseret wellness. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, and, and it's nice to always see how the circuit closes, you know, we're, we're the opening of it and the, and it's nice to see the, uh, the end part of it. And I, I mean, they've been wonderful to work with and they've always helped me out with all my questions down there. They're great people. Yeah, that's um, that office is right at, in the same building as Deseret Wellness in Provo. It's 222 Draper Lane, and it's right off the Center Street exit right there. So our office, where Adam works mostly, is right there in that same building, and Deseret Wellness is in the other entrance. I, I do think working there, like the communication between the QMP and the pharmacist is beneficial for the patient because there's a lot of times the pharmacist will come around and come in and People can change their purchasing ability or they can have questions answered right there from the QMP side. You can talk to the pharmacist. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great relationship to have with them. It's really beneficial, like you said, just for the patient and so that they have more clarity and they know both sides of it where uh, what the providers say and and what the, the pharmacist says. And so it's good to close that loop. What are your thoughts on adult recreational marijuana use? Adult recreational, you know, I'm personally, I'm not really for it quite that much. I, I do think it should be medical. I think that it is a medicine and, and you can see the benefits of it. It helps out with your pain. It helps out with your nausea. It helps out with so many different ailments and symptoms. It sounds like a medicine to me more than something that is is just fun you're not all the way there yet is that the do you think that you're going to change based on where you've been over the past year like do you think that attitude is because obviously the attitude from today is different than it was a year ago yeah yeah right do you foresee that it continue to modify or do you just basically kind of keep an open mind for me i don't know if i foresee it in the future i would say that I'm open and I realize that I can change just depending on the facts and evidence that, that are brought before me. I think that, um, it, I'm pretty much solidified in that point of view for right now. But if there's something that comes along that tells me different, then I don't have any problem rejecting that and, and, uh, adopting the, the new, uh, idea. It's always hard to know what you're going to think in the future. I know, right? Like, yeah, okay, that's good. You know, we're always evolving, and I'm sure. I mean, who, who? You know, at the beginning of the conversation, you were even saying how you didn't even use. It, I mean, for seven months, you had. Right. I'm sure when you started there, you didn't. You weren't like, oh, well, eventually one day I'll be vaping this stuff. You know. Nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> didn't. And I think we it. we still have. Yeah, we and we still have QMPs in the you know in this organization that definitely aren't card holders or aren't consuming cannabis. Hopefully, you would never know, right? Yeah. Like, hopefully, the education they would give and the the advice they would give is so good that you would never know that they aren't just smoking bowls all day, right? At expert level consumer, <laughs> yeah. big bong, rip. right? I just, um, which I think is possible. I think it's a little harder. Like you've kind of mentioned, Adam, it's a little harder yeah. to get you know to get that understanding without being a consumer, but. It's pretty cool to listen to somebody come all the way from traditional, you know, kind of all the way to where now 
like we're looking to change the rules so that you can do this full time. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, this would be my dream job if that if that were possible. I absolutely love the patients. I love the atmosphere and I love the people that I work with. So really, it almost doesn't seem like I'm working because I, I got everything rolled up into one job and it's awesome. Man, he makes your, that job Sweet. sound so good, Tim. Cut, like, cut, cut right uh, there, Chris. Cut right there. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, man, let's put that into a commercial. Right? That's wow. awesome, Adam. I, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate yeah. you uh, being willing to come record with us. This has been really fun. Yeah, it's been way fun. One more question, though, it, before I forget, is, is is there like a qualifying condition that you wish you would they would make a qualifying condition? All of them? Um, yeah, all of them. Let's say. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Let the medical provider decide whether it's a good medicine for their own patient, right? Oh, wait. Yeah. That's novel. That might be a great idea. And <laughs> honestly, what I see a lot of is from what patients tell me doing follow-up, sleep. Sleep is a huge one. A lot of people are getting better sleep on cannabis. Right. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> it helps out with it, it helps out with people's anxiety. And it seems to help out a bit with uh ADHD. And a big one for me that I see is actually uh alcohol reduction. So many people have such significant alcohol reduction after they get on this stuff. It's absolutely amazing to hear their stories. I mean, like I was saying earlier, they can go from straight up alcoholics to where they they don't drink anything at all or you know there's there's always some in between but for the most part the majority of people i you know they'll tell me yeah i have i have stopped drinking so much and i always say well isn't it amazing because the thing is the the real question here is why do people drink okay why why do people drink heavily i should say and usual answers are they got depression, they got anxiety, they want an escape, they have a sleep problem, so they think it'll help them out, get to sleep. There's a whole host of reasons for it. All of a sudden they get on cannabis, cannabis starts fulfilling those reasons, and then drinking goes way down. And I feel like it is such a help for people who are struggling with that. And like I said, I, I've heard people literally say to me that it saved their their marriage and their life getting on cannabis. That's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, no, I I agree with all, everything you're saying. Yeah, the sleep, the anxiety. I'm I'm starting to come around to that too. You know, because we're we're watching this data flow in, and the research is out there, and then we're we're solidifying that like research with the data that we're getting. Where people are reporting, yeah, I'm I'm qualified for pain, but my anxiety is way less. So not only am I using less pain medicine, but less benzos, less other things, and I right. I feel just a lot better. And you know, you realize that maybe people are taking their pain medicine both for pain, but also for anxiety to kind of dull that. I guess you'd call it like traumatic pain, right? Or that uh, that right. mental anguish things right. too. Yeah, it it helps so much with uh, yeah mental anguish. Well, we've got a little ways to go, I guess. Yeah. on the on the law. But how stuff. nice would that be if if it opened up? I mean, how many even more patients there would be out there? I mean, it would I just explode. Yeah, there's been some states that have adjusted their qualifying condition lists and watched their programs really expand because they've added anxiety. 
you know, because of COVID or something like that, right? Their board said, wow, we're, we're seeing a lot more people really worried about stuff and, and maybe cannabis is helping. So they expanded and the program really took off with those just because people are getting, they're able to become legal for use that they're probably already doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then contribute to the Utah economy instead of the Nevada economy. Amen. There, we could right. definitely we use the we money. We could use the money. Here. Yeah, keep, let's keep, keep that money, money here. here. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, cool. I appreciate you coming and doing the show or, or recording the show with us, Adam. It's good meeting you. I don't know any other questions you want to ask him, Tim, or anything else you want to chat about, Adam. Why we got you here? I got a story for you guys. Right. So one of my neighbors they uh, encouraged me to apply for a job recently. So I applied. I, I wasn't really. I don't know. I I wasn't really set in it. My heart wasn't set in it, but I applied to this job as a physician assistant and everything was going great, you know, nailing the interviews, doing everything just right. They really liked me. And then I told them, uh, because I got an email saying you will be drug tested, yada, yada, yada. I, so I, I told them, Hey, well, I got a medical cannabis card and all of a sudden things turned south super fast. And it wasn't that the the company had issues with me. The company's policy that was in place was accepting of providers with a medical cannabis card. However, the uh, the docs I was going to work for had issue that I I had a cannabis card, that I even was a promoter of cannabis, and that uh, they basically said, well, you're going to have to tell people that they can't do their job because they're on opioids or because they're on cannabis. And are you going to feel comfortable doing that? You're, you're, you're probably not going to feel comfortable doing that. And it was really, it was almost sad to hear that, you know, there's still a lot of prejudice out there against people who use cannabis, even though that they're doing it the legal route and the medicinal route. Oh, there's still a lot of prejudice out there of it though. There's still a lot of it. Yeah. Most job most people don't aren't as lucky to have jobs that allow it. I I guess I still I mean, we're the three of us, right? We're neck deep in cannabis talk all the time. And you know, this is what we do. So we think, oh gosh, everybody around us must be the same. But as a matter of fact, right, you're constantly running into barriers against the industry and against the people inside it. Um, still, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's more work to do than I even thought. Yeah. I was working a job for 12 years that they drug tested me left and right. I mean, I, wow. I, couldn't, I wasn't, I mean, that was up until like four or five years ago that I stopped working there. Hmm. And and then there, I mean, I know for a fact, I still got friends that work there. They're still drug testing them left and right. I mean, so yeah. it just, it just, it is what it is. And that's just, part of it you, you get used to it you get used to getting drug tested and you get used to being like all right there's a waste of money you know right yeah for for the company for this for this job sure and i i see it online i see it in the cannabis groups in the utah cannabis groups even uh the medical cannabis groups have been hey do you know anybody who can what is hiring that isn't drug tested you know oh, luckily yeah. amazon doesn't drug test anymore right uh, or for 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 marijuana mm-hmm um, yeah, unless but, you're a driver, I think there's there's very few jobs that that don't. Yeah, that's a good story to end with, right there. That there's yeah. still work to do. 
there's still work to do. Let's get out there and, and hustle and, and get out there. What uh, is there? I mean, how can people get a hold of you, Adam? I mean, I guess they can come visit you at the at the Provo Clinic. Provo yeah, Clinic. I, I work there Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, I'm there at the Provo Clinic. So come drop by. Glad to see you. Uh, we'll be happy to have a chat and, and help you out on your cannabis journey. Uh, UtahMarijuana.org. 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 You've got it in your head. You've got it in your head. UtahMarijuana.org. It's been a long Slash day. podcast. Slash you podcast to... is where you yes. can listen to the podcast. And uh, go there and listen to it and share it with your family and friends. Right, You can share it right there yep. from the website. And then come see Adam and uh, down there right next to Deseret Wellness in that same building. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Stay safe out there.